This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Welp. Game over. It's a wrap for a lot of teams in this playoff season. Well, the Nets got swept. None of us saw this coming. I thought it was going seven, especially how well game one went. How it was so back and forth. But at the end of the day, um, Celtics defense too tough. Kevin Durant was pedestrian in most of these games, except game four where he just, he was aggressive and he was his normal self. He had like 39. I expected that. But at the end of the day, man, oh man. The Celtics are better than I thought. Every time the Nets made a run, Jalen Brown would hit some clutch shot or or Jason Tatum. Those guys were spectacular the entire series. So it's just like, I, I guess the Nets were overrated. Either the Nets were overrated or Boston is going to the finals. The national media is pretty much taking the, the Nets were overrated. You know, side of it. I I guess, man. I guess. But, you know, I, I, I saw some stats. I was looking at some stats. And Boston defensive stats are ridiculous. They were third in opponent field goal made. They were first in points allowed. They were, yeah. Compared to the Nets and the Hawks who were 18th and 21st. Um, let's see. Their top five in opponents field goal percent. They were number one actually. Uh, they were number one in defensive rating. So you know, I should have seen this coming. All the stats are pointing towards a uh, Heat Celtics Eastern Conference Finals because they're so balanced. They do well on offense and defense. But I don't know though. Because Boston has to go against the Bucks, who has Giannis, and eventually Middleton will come back. And, you know, that's they pretty much got the same team minus P.J. Tucker. And um, they're just playing at a really high level right now. It's going to be tough for Boston, but you're talking about arguably the best defensive team in the league. So it's going to be tough for Giannis. I don't know how that series is going to go. I'm still leaning towards the Bucks, and I'm going to go with the Bucks in six, but I, I don't know. You know, Boston is better than I thought, but we're dealing with the Bucks. This is a different animal. This is a, a more, a better coach team, a deeper team, a better, you know, a more cohesive team, and they got Giannis. Arguably the best team, the best player in the league. It's going to be tough. And, you know, then moving on, though. Oh, remember last time I said uh, DeRozan turned into the Jordan? Well, he turned into DeRozan and then the Frozen. No ice tray gang. 
No ice tray game. But I'll talk about them in a second. But the Rosen, only 11 points and terrible shooting in um, game three and game five. Now, we thought this would be a closer series because Middleton was hurt. The Bucks just turned up. And their role players just, they turned up too. And Giannis was just Giannis. Averaged 28 points in this series. It's just, they just absolutely dominated after game two, I guess. They just, they made adjustments. They made adjustments like great teams do. And they ran away with it. Now, speaking of the ice tray game. Ice met fire, and the ice melted. The Hawks' season is over. Trey Young averaged 15 points a game in this series. Now, that's half of his season average. That's ridiculous. But just like Boston, Miami is like, I don't know, top five in every defensive category. They're right there with the Celtics. I really underestimated how good of a defensive team this this squad is. I really underestimated. But see, just like someone told me on Twitter, they're not on TV that much, so you didn't really get to see them choking teams out defensively. Dog, no wonder why the Wizards can't beat them. Can't score on them. And then they shoot pretty well also, you know. Jimmy Butler was a beast. He was hurt in game five. And the Hawks still struggled. Like, oh, man. The Heat were just the better team. They had control of every game. Game one wasn't close. Game two was back and forth. Then the Heat gained control. And then the Hawks had a really good fourth quarter, took the lead, and then Jimmy Butler just decided to uh, go beast mode and say the benediction to that game. And in game three, the Heat had another double-digit lead, and then Bogdanovich heated up, and then Ice Trey, you know, had that game winner. Game four, dominated. I, You know, I had the, the grill going. I had, you know, I had my food. I had my, my little juice. I was sitting back chilling. Man, I had to turn that game off. They were getting dominated. It's just the Heat did whatever they wanted in game four, and that was an important game for them to stay in the series. Game five, I mean, Trey Young, once again, 11 points. The only reason they were in that game because DeAndre Hunter had like 35 and 11. Now, if he can play like that, And also, another thing about DeAndre Hunter is at the end of game three, when they needed to stop after Trey Young hit that shot, he locked up Jimmy Butler. I'm like, they have something here. From what I saw in game three and game five, DeAndre Hunter is like that. And I was like, you don't even need Cam Reddish when you got someone like that. This is Scottie Pippen-esque. I, y'all think I'm getting carried away, but seriously, if he can be anything like Scottie Pippen, that's just what the Hawks need. 
And then Bogdanovich, man, I didn't see him go off. And, you know, I saw him go off at the Garden. So, you know, you keep those three together. I don't know what you're going to do with Collins and Herter. They're clearly disappointments. Um, they, you clearly want more out of them. Capella, I mean, he cool, but, you know, he just got hurt and all. You know, I don't know what this team going to do. Um, Lou Williams could have helped. But DeLon White is kind of a a downgrade. He was playing the Lou Williams role, but he just – he can't put up buckets like Lou Williams. I'm sorry. So, you know, we say Trey Young needs some help. I mean, it's there, and and Gallinari is inconsistent as well. He's a pretty good scorer off the bench, veteran, but he's inconsistent. There was a game he had two points. I'm not even kidding. He had two points in a game. Let that sink in. Playoff game, number one team in the Eastern Conference, you have two points. What is life right now? But Ice Trey will be back. He gets better every season. Check the stats. So he's going to keep getting better. He's going to be even better next year. The only thing that can stop him is injury and a bad supporting cast. And let's just hope that, you know, the young players, the young core that they do have, they get better along with Trey Young. And then maybe they can have like a a Memphis Grizzlies type of turnaround. They were in the playing game two years in a row. And now all of a sudden they're the number two team in the Western Conference. And they got two of the most improved players in the league. Now, John Morant won. Most improved, it should have been Bain. He doubled his points per game. I know John Morant almost pretty much did too, but he doubled his points per game. Okay, no, John Morant didn't. He went from 19 to 27. That was impressive. But Desmond Bain, I think he went from he went from 12 to like 25. Bruh, what? He's clearly, and y'all say Jordan Poole is most improved. Okay, yeah, yeah, he improved as well uh, statistically, and he played more minutes. But, you know, I thought Desmond Bain, like he was a nobody, and all of a sudden he's a French all-star. And he showed up in this playoff too. Now, Timberwolves and Memphis, that's the best series right now. It's just... The 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 back and forth, the big runs, the game winners. What a game winner by John Morant. Uh, the off-the-court stuff with the social media, the the whole T. Morant and Carl Anthony Towns Sr. back and forth. And now you got Usher hanging with T. Morant. Like, this series has everything. And it just it has to go seven. It just has to. I mean, Memphis is up 3-2. But now we're going back to Minnesota. And I, I, this this has got to go seven. Even though, you know, that Sunday I might miss it. It, it has to go seven. Like, a series is good. It got to go seven. But if it goes six and Memphis turns out to be the better team, it's no, not really a surprise. It's just, can they handle the Warriors who beat the Nuggets? So I sat down and watched the end of that game. And it's just like... 
it's just the Warriors just proved to be more poised. Just they just proved that they were the better team at the end of the day, because it was a close game. Uh, Jokic got in foul trouble. DeMarcus Cousins stepped up. We saw a classic DeMarcus Cousins. Thank God that was a joy to watch. Um, maybe he'll come back to the Nuggets and be that spell for uh, Jokic. He'd be the perfect backup if we get classic DeMarcus Cousins. But Jokic was in foul trouble. And, you know, Cousins and Gordon really had to carry the load. Um, Bones Holland will get there. But he ain't there yet. Uh, Monte Morris and Barton, they, they're okay. Like, man, that John Morant dunk <laughs> was crazy. Anyway, like, that series is everything. But anyway, down the stretch, though, when it was a close game, it's tie game. I think Nuggets were actually winning in the fourth quarter. But it's just... Big shot after big shot by the Warriors. They were flawless that last, like, two minutes of the game. They No turnovers or anything. Curry out here dribbling around double teams. The way they passed the ball and, and Gary Payton hitting clutch threes. Like, it's just... And the Nuggets tried to keep up. Jokic was going bucket for bucket. Then Jokic passed up a easy runner in the lane to pass it to Gordon who turned the ball over and then after that Jokic misses a shot they get a rebound the game's over like they was just it when it came down to it the Warriors just just executed down the stretch that's pretty much how they won game three and five because both of those games were close even game four was close, and just the Nuggets just happened to to get that one game four. But game three and five, the Nuggets easily could have won, but the Warriors just executed better and hit their shots down the stretch the way the Nuggets couldn't. And it's just that's why they're moving on, and the Nuggets are sitting at home watching with the rest of us. Uh, what What else? Um, the Suns and Pelicans. Okay, Suns got back on the Pelicans. <laughs> Jose Alvarado finally, finally got CP3. You know, he got him with the with the whole hide in the corner and force a steal or a turnover thing in the backcourt. He got him with that twice. It's fun to watch. The series has been surprising, but it's ending. But it's over. It's not going seven. I'll be shocked if it goes seven. I think the Pelicans are done. It's a wrap. It was a nice try, but the Suns are a better team. And Devin Booker might come back for game six. If there's a game seven, he definitely will be in game seven. And game seven will be an epic blowout if we get that far. Because the Suns will be pissed off and desperate, and it's going to be a wrap. Mikal Bridges, I mean, 25, 27, and he went beast mode in the fourth quarter. And that's another reason why the Pelicans just couldn't hang with the Suns at the end of the day. Series is over, man. Just get ready for Phoenix. And I'm expecting Dallas because I do not see Utah winning game six. But, you know, I I could be surprised. I mean, hey, Dallas ain't that much better than Utah. 
But I, I just, I, th- I think Luca and them gonna close it out. So I, I'm, I'm expecting that. Uh, what, what else? What am I missing here? So I covered the Heat, the Hawks. Oh yeah, the Sixers and the Raptors. This, this has. 2003 Mavericks and Blazers all over it. Remember, I definitely remember because I had just become a fan of the Mavericks and Dirk Nowitzki. So that was my team at the time. And they had went up 3-0 and I thought, hey, man, this series over. Oh, man, that was easy, you know. They win game four. Okay, fine. I expected that. I kind of expected that. They win game five. I'm like, okay. They win game six. I was devastated. I was like, oh, no, this is not happening. I was like, I was sick. But thank God, you know, the Mavericks just ran away with game seven and the crisis was averted. I don't know anything about the Jazz and the Nuggets in 94 when the Nuggets uh, upset the Sonics. And then they won game four against Utah in 94 by one point they won another close game in game five and then won game six by like 10 and they forced game seven after being down 3-0 basically i'm talking about the series the the latest examples of teams that went up 3-0 and ended up in a game seven anyway oh man donovan mitchell's probable with a quad injury game six on the line oof Boy, oh boy. I don't know. Oh boy, they got some problems over there in Utah. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just really feel that this is going seven. Toronto and Philly. Even the Sixers fans are about ready for this to go seven. You got Doc Rivers. You got a hurting Joel Embiid. You got James Harden that's not really playing to his standards like he's just playing okay Tyrese Maxey has become pedestrian and it's just like they just showed no real life in game five at home with a chance to close it out and now we're in Toronto Toronto got Scotty Barnes back they're playing well right now they're well coached and remember now this reminds me remember that Toronto kind of did this against Boston, they got down 3-0. They got down 3-0, won the next two games. I think game six was competitive, but then Boston ran away with it. This is this is looking very similar to that series in the bubble they had. We forgot about that because of, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers. But that, that happened in the bubble, you know. But I don't know. Um, at the end of the day... The Raptors don't have Embiid. They don't have Embiid. They don't have a player that's capable of playing like Embiid and Harden at his best. So I think the Sixers are going to close it out. But I think the Sixers are going to close. I did just say that it was going seven. But you know what? After thinking about it, the Sixers have the best player on the floor. And I truly believe 
that they're going to close it out after thinking about it. I just thought about it. <laughs> so they got it and they don't need to go back to Philly. But it'll be it, that would be crazy if it's a game 7 in Philly on Saturday. I probably won't be able to see it cuz I'm going to be probably out watching soccer and baseball or something. But <laughs> but man that would be insane if we end up in a game 7 Raptors and Sixers after it was 3-0. Uh, but we'll see, though. Uh, okay. So, Barkley versus Durant. Listen. Wow. Like, we've been through this before. Every time Barkley talks about super teams or, you know, people joining forces, people love to bring up when he played with the Rockets with Hakeem and Drexler and Pippen. But his comeback is always, we were old. That doesn't really count. We were old and washed up. They weren't even that bad. I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals. They made the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, they got bodied by the Jazz. And then the next year, they were the eighth seed, despite Barkley. I think Barkley was hurt most of the year. But as the eighth seed, they took the Jazz to five games. Bruh, I wasn't, listen, I was too young to watch all this. And no, they, they really did take um the Sixers, I mean the Sixers, the Jazz to the brink. But seriously, though, I, I, I just read this stuff or seen it on YouTube. It, they didn't do that bad. But I mean, KD is just clapping back at everybody. I, I just, even though Barkley has responded to this before, I love KD's response. It was hilarious, especially the one where he he posts uh, Barkley with uh, with Julius Irving and and Tony and uh, Moses Malone. <laughs> he was like, "What about the big homies?" And I was like, "You need your big homies." He was drafted to them. He he even told the story that. He didn't even want to be drafted by the Sixers, but they drafted him. So you, nah, you can't really use that one. But the Rockets one, okay, it's that's funny. But yeah, uh, and now KD is clapping back at fans, and I'm just like, man, KD is something, man. He is just different. <laughs> that's all. He is just different, man. He comes off as sensitive. But at the end of the day, sensitive or not, he's still one of the best players in the world. He's going to get back to work. The team is going to regroup, and they'll be fine. Like, if that's how he handles criticism, it's whack, but I guess it works for him. I just hope he stays healthy next year. That's that's all that, that matters. Uh, I, I just enjoyed the back and forth. And then TNT responded by having uh, – Barkley drive the bus because his original point was KD and some of these guys are not bus drivers. They're not they're not leaders of their own squad, even though in Kevin's defense, he was the MVP of both of those finals with the Warriors and the Warriors haven't been back to the finals since KD left. But, you know, you know, both of these guys (laughs) are hilarious and. It was it was a fun thing to watch. Oh my god, man. 
Uh, so Oklahoma Twitter and USC Twitter are pretty much going to be beefing forever. It, quick transition, weird transition, but they're going to be beefing till the end of time because of this Lincoln Riley thing. He just left because Oklahoma isn't, this program isn't used to coaches leaving for other college programs. They're not used to coaches leaving unless they retire or some scandal pushes them out. Just, or they get fired. Yeah. They're not used to coaches making a either lateral move or if you ask some people uh, upgrade, but the USC is not an upgrade program. Have you seen them play lately? Anyway, man, the back and forth is continuing on, on Twitter. The war is continuing. And you know what? It's not a war I'm trying to take part of. I'm just I'm just sitting back and I'm watching. Uh, Colin, Colin, Cowherd, Colin Cowherd, who's on my TV right now. Sorry, Sooner fans. But he's on my TV now. Um, he's pretty much a main player in this little Oklahoma USC Twitter war. Because he has taken great joy in trolling Oklahoma fans. And it's just, can you really blame him? It gives him a lot of engagement and attention. And we're just playing along. Because he's he's playing off our emotions. Uh, he does like USC. But, you know, he ain't. I mean, come on. Like, this is ridiculous. He's he's going. He's doing way too much. He's responding to Oklahoma fans. I'm like, bro, just the trolling is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, <laughs> talk, we had the better program. We have the more consistent program. Have you seen, bro? They just didn't make a bowl game. They're not good. And you sure, sure, sure. They got Caleb Williams. I'm sick about that. They got Mario Williams. I'm sick about that. I don't know how they managed to keep Keaton Slovis and make him a backup, but here we go. Here's the thing, though. Do they have a defense? Can they beat Oregon? Can they beat Stanford? I know Stanford wasn't good last year, but, you know, they they struggle with them sometimes. I mean, and there's some others. Can you beat Utah? Can you beat Utah? Can you even beat UCLA? Like, these are the questions I have. Um, Colin Coward said they're going to be real good real fast. and uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, but the main talking point this weekend was the spring game because USC decides to schedule their spring game the same day as ours, and their game was on TV, and OU wasn't. It was on Sooner Sports Network, something I don't really want to pay for. Like, I mean, I could afford it, but it's just, I would rather not. I'd rather not go looking for the spring game. I just watched the highlights, and I haven't gotten around to watch the highlights. 
Uh, I've seen one highlight of each. Well, I've I seen Latrell McCutcheon get cooked, and I saw Caleb Williams throw a touchdown or two. Um, and then I, I saw Dylan Gabriel throw a touchdown. That's about it. I mean, the the spring game just isn't the same if you aren't there. It just isn't the same. That's why I kind of didn't really get into it. Now, every time Oklahoma and USC fans argue, California fans, well, okay, USC fans bring up how much better LA is than Norman. And I'm just, I just wish this argument didn't take place because if I was to move tomorrow, Norman and LA would be my top two destinations. Like, I love both places. I would move to both places in a heartbeat. LA has everything, they have good food, uh, women, basketball. Beach. The beach is amazing. Um, I love the vibe there. It's, it's laid back, despite being a big city. The traffic sucks, but I mean, how much different is that than D.C.? It's just they got the mountains. They got everything. In and out Burger is like that. Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles is like that. <laughs> but Norman, y'all say it's nothing to do. The sports are just just one of a kind. Softball team's amazing. The gymnastics team is amazing. Uh basketball may suck, but going to those games are fun. Um no, they're just they're mediocre right now, but they'll get there. We got the right coach. Football games, that's that's the main attraction. I know that's nothing like USC, but whatever. And, you know, they got an underrated nightlife. They got good food, too. I mean, uh, Tower Moors, the Mont, O'Connell's, uh, man, Pickleman's. I miss Sugars. Rest in peace. I don't really, I don't know. I don't really do Logies, but they, they, they got some, they got some folks in there. You know, whatever you into, girls or boys, they they got them all and uh, <laughs> Loki's. <laughs> uh, just in the campus is beautiful. I I loved and and I miss my long walks across the Norman campus, and that's just on campus. You know what I'm saying? They they got museums, they got the casino, they got shopping. You like nature? They got the Wichita Mountains. You can go to OKC and hit Bricktown. It's not that far away. You know, they got good barbecue. There's stuff to do. There's stuff to do. And there's some culture in Norman. It's just all about what you like. Okay. It's no beaches. I don't know anything about the Six Flags they got out there. But, I mean, I don't know. It just depends on what you like. Me, I mean, for someone that just mostly likes sports and food, like, that place is perfect for me. But if you're, like, a nightlife person that like the beach and all that, eh, you may or may not like it. 
Or if you, you like to see monuments and all that stuff like you're in D.C., yeah, it ain't too much of that there. But it just depends on what you like. I feel like it is what you make it. And there's plenty to do. And there's plenty to do in Norman. You just got to look for it. But I like both places and will live both places in a heartbeat. So this argument between what it is to do in Oklahoma and L.A. is ridiculous. I wish it didn't exist because I like both places so much. Oh, yeah. And one last thing. Oklahoma State fans. Oh, y'all done messed up now. So, okay, Baker took a shot at y'all and now y'all talking again. Y'all act like y'all really changed our program. Y'all really act like y'all destroyed our program. You taking Lincoln Riley's side. But I'm here to tell you right now, look at the history. Lopsided. What is it? What is it? 86 to 20? Is something like that? You've only won? Okay, you've won three times. In like the last 20 years. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's go 22 years. Okay. You've won five times in the last 22 years. You've won 20 times in the last hundred something years. Bro. That's terrible. You're not that nice. And the game is shifting to Norman this season. You're in trouble. I would I would be quiet right now because the beatdown is coming. You gonna get this work, Oklahoma State fans? Trash. Your team is in big trouble. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oklahoma is a blessed program and y'all in trouble. Like huge history of success. Like we're like top five in wins. And you've seen the, the Bedlam series, how lopsided it is. That's okay. You're going to get y'all right in November. Just, just you wait, just you wait. I, you going to see. You going to see. So keep hanging on to this last game that you barely won. That you barely won, even though we didn't even play well. And you barely won. You in trouble. It's a wrap. Oh, man. Now let's talk about the cat. Guys, what are you doing? It's only you're only one point behind Pittsburgh. The difference between playing the Florida Panthers and the New York Rangers is massive. But see, all you have to do is win the next two games, which is both in New York City. All you got to do. You know, wouldn't that be great? Our last game of the season is against the Rangers. 
wouldn't it be great to beat the Islanders and the Rangers and then have to come back the next week and play the Rangers in the first round? That would be awesome. I can see it happening. But these guys got to quit messing around. I mean, come on. For the life of me, I don't understand. Losing to the Toronto Maple Leafs after getting destroyed by them in Toronto. They have to rematch us in D.C. I know our home record is not that great. I thought it was worse than it actually was. But, you know, 25 and 16 ain't as bad as I thought. But it's worse than our road record. Still, it's about pride in playoff seating. And you lost. You know, wow. The way you lost that 3-1 lead, I thought Doc Rivers was coaching. Game over. Then you lost to the Islanders 4-1. to Listen, Barry Trotz and the guys are planning their vacation after the season. They about to go to Cancun with the L.A. Lakers. And you lose to them. You've got to be kidding me. But that's okay. We about to play them again. Get them up out of here. Then you play the Rangers. And then we'll play the Rangers again for the playoffs. You guys got to quit playing, man. And now Ovi's hurt and I'm worried. What is this, man? I can't believe Ovi is hurt. This sucks. But it's okay. We're going to be all right. I'm telling you. Let's go. Let's go, Caps, man. Quit messing around. Quit messing around, man. Let's uh let's get this uh Let's get this spot. Let's get out of this wild card because uh, Boston is pretty much wrapped up the first wild card spot. So it's either second wild card spot or third division spot. I'd rather have the third division spot and play the Rangers. Oh, boy. I can't believe I haven't talked about the Nats. Um, Real quick. Uh, shout out to DC United for beating New England. Thank God they responded well after the losing streak and having their coach fired. Uh, thank God uh, New England fell off. They're not beasting like last year, and we took advantage. Thank God. Now I want to see a repeat performance in Columbus on Saturday, and most likely I will be there. Um, unless some unforeseen circumstances happen, I will be there and I can't wait and I'll be rooting hard and hopefully they take that game. Now the Nats trash and you know that they are on a seven game losing streak. Remember the last show I said the Giants you know, I don't know what to expect from the Nationals. Heck, maybe they'll take the series from the Giants. But my gut say said the Giants are a much better team and they're going to win every game, and they did. And the third game wasn't even close. It was 12-3. Unbelievable. 
or maybe not. Uh, the Nationals were a roller coaster. They were six and seven. I didn't know what to make of that. I mean, they'd won two games against the Diamondbacks, but they lost three out of four to the Pirates, who lost to the Cubs 20 to nothing. Terrible that we lost three out of four to them. Now, we won the series against the Braves. That had me hyped. I don't know how we split with the Diamondbacks, but we did. And now, couldn't beat the Giants. Can't beat the Marlins. What are we doing? What are we actually doing? I mean, and last night, we lost (laughs) 2-1. Dog, the Marlins are not good. We can't even beat them. Unbelievable. This team can't pitch, can't hit. Like, Soto has just got mediocre numbers. But then again, he had a slow start last year, like I said. But this team is just, wow. I was looking at stats, and they are bottom half of the league in every statistical category, pretty much. And it's just like, it's just, it's tough to watch. I knew they were going to be bad, but dang, man. Actually seeing it happen is just bad. Oh, my God. Look at this. Their playoff odds are 0.7%. Their odds to win the World Series are negative 0.1%. Terrible. Trash. Garbage. And I'm just looking at it, bro. Lord Jesus. These batting averages, I I guess they're okay. Josh Bell batting 333. I'm so glad we got him. But pretty much this roster, man, is Juan Soto, Josh Bell, a bunch of wash veterans, and um, up-and-coming players. That That's pretty much the makeup of a uh, last-place team or, you know, bottom half of the league type of team. You know, even though it looked bad on paper, I still expect more. But seven games in a row. I guess I got to get used to this, man. I'm still going to come to some of the games. But Jesus, this is not good. This is not good. I'll probably be at like five of these, five more of these games. Maybe more than five. But, man, they might lose all five. I wouldn't even be surprised. Team's trash, man. The pitching... Oh, Lord Jesus. ERA, terrible. Patrick Corbin's ERA, this is our ace. 11.20. Game over. I mean, what is that? I don't even think they can beat the Orioles. I'm dreading that. But I might go to that game anyway. In Baltimore, it's, it's very tempting. Uh, we'll see, man. It's just, oh, boy. I just got to be patient because it's just going to be a rough time. Okay. I did have a hypothetical in mind. 
But instead, I want to do this PFF mock draft. This live mock draft. But we're going to speed it up, though. But let me let me get it set up real quick, and then we're going to get it going. You already know. So here we go. Um, I start off by saying this. You're going to respect the bird. No matter what happens in this draft. And also, uh, the Eagles are picking 15th, and they are picking 18th. So without further ado, let's get it started. Uh, let's see. So, okay. So before, before I make my picks, before I make my pick for the Eagles, my first pick. So the Jaguars got Aiden Hutchison. The Lions got Ahmad Gardner. Let's see if that DB pick works out better for them this time. Uh, the CUDA experiment is not going well. Yeah. Uh, Trayvon Walker, who, every, who people are expecting to be the number one pick. I don't know much about him, but he's on that ridiculous Georgia defense that got like five first-round picks. They're like pretty much the LSU offense in 2019. We, we might have to do a hypothetical with those two because they, they were crazy. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to the Jets. Hopefully, he's better than Vernon Golston. <laughs> that was such a bust. Charles Cross going to the Giants. They can't get enough good linemen. The Panthers, Derek Stingley. Oh, that's a very good pick. Uh, the Giants, Akeem... Akamwu? I've heard, listen, I don't know his name that well, but I've heard a lot about him. There's a lot of hype surrounding him. If the the the, the Giants get two really good linemen like that, oh boy, look out. Because that's been their problem throughout the years is, you know, they haven't had a good line. And they're, they're slowly building up a good offensive line. So, yeah. Evan Neal, I've heard a lot about him. At one point, he was supposed to be number one. Jamison Williams, a lot of hype about him being the number one pick in the draft. Not number one, but number one receiver. Oh, my God. Him, DK, and um, Tyler Lockett? The Jets trade with Seattle and get Kyle Hamilton? Okay. That, That would be a great pick. I know Washington fans would be sick. Or maybe not. I don't know. I've heard mixed opinions about Kyle Hamilton. The Washington Commodores get Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. I'm sure they would be happy with that, but I'm hearing a lot of Crystal Lave. George Karloftis? Edge rusher. He had a lot of hype before this year. I'm sure that would be a good pick. Trent McDuffie, cornerback. Going to the Texans, trade with Cleveland. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Devin Lloyd. That's what I've been picking in these mock drafts. But it looks like the Ravens got to him first. So I'm not trading out of this. I could do what I did last time and, and trade for Baker Mayfield. But no, no, no. I love I love uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, okay. So here we go. 
So the top rated player here is Drake London. I would love to pair him with Devontae Smith, but I don't know. Lindenbaum be a nice replacement for uh, Jason Kelsey because he's going to retire soon. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, this defense, though. You got Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis. You got Barnhart Rayman. I mean, I'm happy with the tackle we got, Jordan Malata. So I wouldn't do that. You got Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis. Ridiculous uh, Georgia defense. Chris Olave. Oh my God. I do I don't really want another receiver. I know we struggle at receiver, but I don't really want a receiver, man. Uh but Drake London, 13th ranked player. Oh man, I don't really want to pass up on the Kobe Dean. You know what? Best available player. I, I'm gonna take Drake London. Hopefully Jalen can get him the ball. And that's what we're gonna go with. Okay, so the Chargers got Chris Olave. Oh, God. Ooh, the Saints got Malik Willis. Mm, I wonder if he can beat out Jameis. He could sit behind him, too. But, yeah, okay. So Saints got Malik Willis. The Chargers got Olave. <laughs> we can't let that happen because Olave, Mike Williams, uh, freaking, oh, man, what is his name? Jesus Christ, I forgot. <laughs> oh, man. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Oh, man. And they got uh, and they got Austin Eckler. Boy, that would be a sick. That would be a sick offense. But uh, moving on. So, okay. That was some good picks by the Saints and the Chargers. Linden Baum. Oh. Man, I got to go defense here. I got to go defense here. Uh, Devontae Wyatt. I can't believe this guy's. Uh, Jordan Davis. N'Kobe Dean. Devontae Wyatt. Uh, Jordan Davis is very hard to pass up. Very, very hard to pass up. Dude is huge and athletic. But linebackers, though. Oh, my God. We got, I got to get a linebacker. That, that's what we don't do, man. I got to get a linebacker. We got to, I got to get N'Kobe Dean. I got to get N'Kobe Dean. All right, man. I had I had to. Tyler Lindenbaum is really is just really um tempting because you know we do need that. And look at that. PFF graded my draft A minus. Look at that. You gotta love it. I mean Drake London was just best available player. I'm like, I gotta take him. I gotta take him. Um Okay, so, okay, the Steelers took Jordan Davis. Uh, the Saints took, with our extra pick, took Andrew Booth. I would have loved to pick him at 19. I wish I would have had him. 
The Patriots got Tyler Linden Vaughn. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Uh the Packers got a steal with Devontae Wyatt. I passed on him. Uh I just couldn't resist getting a linebacker. Uh the Cardinals got Jermaine Johnson, a edge rusher from Florida State. The Cowboys got Tyler Smith. I mean, they just let a tackle go. That's perfect. The Bills got Zion Johnson, guard from Boston College. The Titans got Traylon Burks from Arkansas. The Bucks got Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan, another tackle for the Packers. Uh, oh my God, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name, but but Arnold from Penn State, and then Daxon Hill from Michigan, both going to the Chiefs. That's pretty good. Lewis Seen, who I, I picked in some mock drafts. I picked in a mock draft for the Eagles. And it was a reach. It was a reach, but I got him. Uh, the Bengals, you go to the Bengals. And finally, rounding it out, the Lions and the Matt Stafford trade get Kair Elam from Florida. Another DB. Like, are they trying to build the Legion of Boom? Another one. All they need is some safeties, and it's a wrap. Oh, and watch that Debo Samuel trade. Uh, you know, because he pretty much, I don't know if he asked to be traded, but, you know, he wants that money. So don't be surprised if he leaves the 49ers and look out for Baker possibly getting traded too. I don't think to the Eagles, but watch out for that. But uh, you going to respect the bird no matter what happens. It was fun doing another mock draft simulator. And let's see what happens tonight. Lots of good options. Um, from what I've been doing in the mock drafts, um, expect us to take either a receiver, Nicobe Dean, or one of these Georgia linebackers, uh, one of these Georgia defensive linemen. Now, Tyler Lindenbaum. I'm sure Eagles fans wouldn't like that, but I'll take them because, I mean, who knows if they're going to be a first-round center next year. That's all I got to say, man. Uh, GoatLevelTees.com for everything GOAT level. It's Mr. Van Pugh, and you already know that I'm out. Peace. The Bird. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.